Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 320, some Christmas turkey soup. And I am your co-host and the guy who is going on a quail squirrel rabbit hunt this week. That sounds like a lot of fun, but I'm your co-host and the guy who made a turkey gobble this weekend. Yes, you did. I got that video from you. <laughs> he may not have been the wildest of, of turkeys, but he did gobble. He was living in a residential neighborhood in Nashville. Him and another big gobbler accidentally got separated behind two fences, and he was freaking out that his buddy was on the other side of the fence. So I just rolled down the window and went, and he hammered right back at me. Mm-hmm. It just felt good for the soul, man. <laughs> he looked like when you did that, he looked like in the video that he started running towards you. Was he running away from you at that point? He was running away from okay. me. <laughs> I could just tell he was running, but I couldn't tell what direction. Yeah, he was running away, and I gobbled at him, and then he immediately just shot gobbled right back at me. But I think him and his buddy got back together, so that's good, but... 
you know, pretty cool. I don't care if they are residential wild turkeys. It's fun making turkeys gobble whenever I can. Mm-hmm. No doubt. That's always a good time. So this is y'all's small game trip around the world? <laughs> yeah, this, well, it's not really the trip. Well, It's not the trip. It but. is not around the world. So we, we typically will just kind of park it in West Alabama, but it's our usual December trip, except we will be minus Yankee John. No Yankee John. No Yankee John this year. It's a sad year, but we'll manage. Well, dang. So. I'm sad he won't be there with you guys, but I'm sure you'll do fine. Do, do y'all usually actually kill quail? So the quail, we've gone, we went to a preserve one year and shot quail. Oh, like pen-released birds. Yeah. Okay. And this year, well, we're bringing our own quail. So ah, The BYOQ, huh? Yes. So we are paying quite a bit of money to have quail for dinner that night. Well, they're pretty fun to shoot if you can get them to fly up. Oh, they're fun to shoot. They're better to eat. Oh, yeah. They are delicious. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be good. Yeah, man. That'll be a lot of fun. I hope you all smack some rabbits and quail and squirrels. Any other unsuspecting small game that might romp by? That's in season. That's in season, of course. Or has no season. Yes. Is there a crow season in Alabama? There is no season for crows. They are open. I'm surprised. Are crows not a federal bird because they migrate don't they no i don't believe they migrate oh really i thought they yeah. were a migratory bird no i don't think so well if you ever want to smack down on some crows you let me know i'll come down there and call them up for you all right <laughs> come we've on we've been shooting I'm lots ready. of crows this year because there's no ducks in the world anymore mm. it's it's brutal man i don't know if any of our listeners also duck hunt but if you're killing ducks i'd like to know where because they are not in tennessee this year or missouri apparently if they're killing ducks, no one is going to tell you where they are killing them. I don't know. Duck hunters aren't like turkey hunters. Duck hunters, you know, rather than saying they didn't hear a gobble, they would rather tell you they killed 300 ducks if they only shot one. You know what I mean? They like to inflate numbers rather than say nothing happened. But they never offer to take you to their duck blind. That is true. That yeah. is true. Yeah. But they're different breeds for sure. Yeah. Well, well cool. cool. Well, I think we have got... Turkey soup episode, don't we? We do, but first, Ooh. I'm really excited to say that we are 93 days, 93 days, nine hours, 40 minutes and 22 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. Guess what? You don't even have to wait 93 days. You only need to wait 57 days, 12 hours and 45 minutes, and you're going to be turkey hunting with me on a big group of winter gobblers. <laughs> That's pretty exciting. 57 days, man. That is, especially with Christmas and New Year's coming up, that's going to fly by. Yeah, it is. I mean, we're going to be out in Utah before you know it, so it's going to be incredible. I really hope we get on some birds. I think we will. I'm ready to try out some winter tactics that we learned from Rob Keck a few weeks ago. Yeah. Well, I've asked Santa for an insulated Speedo. <laughs> and they made it. Yeah, I didn't quite realize they made those. <laughs> Cracked yourself up, didn't you? Well, it's just what my next comment was going to be. Oh Lord! <laughs> well, when you're like me, you have to have <laughs> you have to have it insulated. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, everybody will think you're a woman. <laughs> yeah, oh Lord! <laughs> so you wear the insulated one to the beach too. I see what you mean. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh, Speaking of turkey soup, yeah, we've got I, some soup. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a cool morning here in, in December. I think it's time to have some soup for sure. Well, let me hear your first article because we've got some doozies for you guys today. Yeah, these are pretty good, if I say so myself. This is going to be a pretty fun show. And yeah, much th- more entertaining than educational. But there's yeah, some education it, it to be, be had. I have one that's pretty educational, two educational ones. I'm going to start out with a historical article that I found that just kind of put into perspective how incredible the wild turkey is at populating. So this article was written about Vermont and talking about how they started the turkeys in Vermont. So how many today, if you went to Vermont, there's over 50,000 birds estimated. How many turkeys do you think they started with in Vermont? I'm going to say they started with 18 turkeys. Ooh, pretty close. 31 wild turkeys. Mm. So they started with 31 turkeys, released them, and, you know, obviously helped them along, didn't let anybody shoot them for a long time, helped with the habitat, things like that. So they're talking about all that in here. And now they have 50,000 birds. So that that just kind of blew my mind, I guess. I, I just always kind of forget how few turkeys they started all of this with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just incredible. So a lot of those Northeast states started with 18, 20, 30 turkeys, maybe do two releases or whatever, and grew into thousands of turkeys. So it definitely shows if we can manage our resource correctly, we can really make them thrive. That's kind of my takeaway. Yeah. If managed correctly and with the correct habitat under the right circumstances, turkeys can populate like crazy. Yeah. Well, in a lot of those states, though, they did supplement those initial releases with more releases. Yeah, yeah, that's... But... I know New Hampshire, the first release that happened there failed, and they did mm-hmm. another one in a separate county, and it thrived. Yeah, but, you know, they it's not like they released 45,000 turkeys, and now they've got 50. Yeah, so exactly. what you're like saying the, is very true. 31 to 50,000 exponentially, that's incredible. Yeah. And I mean, what is that, like 60, right at, right at 50 years? I mean, it's mm-hmm. still pretty impressive. So it does say here at the end, save a dollop of thanks for funding that brought the wild ones back to Vermont with the help of funds from hunting licenses and a federal tax on hunting gear. Stand back. I'm going <laughs> to take a bow. Yep. Yeah. So I get, honestly, I'm pretty negative on other people hunting because I want all the land to myself, but... It is good that we have new hunters because they help fund things. Yes, indeed. You got to kind of not be selfish in one regard. Now, I wish everybody would hunt everywhere else but where I'm hunting, you know, but. <laughs> on a that. Yeah, it makes it a lot more interesting when there's 20 people with you. So mm-hmm. that's my first article. I just thought it'd be interesting to kind of show everybody through an article how incredible the wild turkey can reproduce, especially in a cold state like that. I mean, it's not like it's, you know, Georgia or something with really mild winters. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So anyway, what's your first article? Well, even though you've already killed in Missouri now, they have released the dates of their 2021 spring and fall turkey seasons. Mm. So you guys who live in Missouri or you plan on hunting in Missouri this year, then you'll want to know that the spring youth 
season. Ooh, I said that wrong. You'll want to know that the spring ute season is April the 10th and the 11th. So get those utes out there to get a head start because the regular spring season is going to start April the 19th and run through May the 9th of 2021. And if you don't get enough of that, you can join Cameron in the woods this fall. And that fall season starts, for firearms that is, that fall season starts October 1st and runs through the 31st of October. Now, if you want to kill a turkey with your bow or yeah. crossbow, then there's actually two seasons for that. September 15th through November the 12th and November the 24th through January the 15th, 2022. So that's Oh good, a, so it does go through January. Yeah. Well, to the middle of January, so that's a pretty lengthy season for an archery hunter. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm next year I'm planning on hunting Missouri again in the fall. I'm going to go gobbler only this round and I'm going to hunt a lot up there, I think, if I need to. Yeah. So I'm going to try to try to make it happen this year. I, I found a lot of turkeys up there in the fall. I'm honestly really excited about the next fall season. I, I really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, just, um, it's a pretty time to be out in the woods. Oh my gosh, it's just so beautiful. And the without the sound, because they're not gobbling as much, you feel like you're trying to solve like a murder mystery or something the whole time. Like you're piecing together a feather to attract uh, some, it's just really cool. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting. So Missouri, how, how long is their spring season? Is it two or three weeks? It's a short season. Well, it runs from April 19th through May the 9th. So that's what, a little over three weeks? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. I know you can only shoot, I believe one turkey in the first week. If I'm not mistaken, and then you can get your second bird any of the other weeks. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not real sure about all of that. You you would know better than I would because in the spring. St- yeah, you study these regulations a lot more than I do for these obviously I've been to Missouri, so yeah, I'm not so studying not. the regulations. You had not killed in Missouri before your trip this fall, and I know you'll end up going back so you can kill a, a gobbler, but yeah. You're much more familiar yeah. with the regs in, in that state than I am. Yeah, I'm pretty certain it's a one gobbler during the first week, and then you can get your second one any of the other time. But I'll go to Missouri eventually for a spring hunt, but you know, for the foreseeable future, it'll probably be a fall state for me. Yeah. But I, I do want to experience every state in the spring. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, that might be on my eighth or ninth super slam, not just not the first one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all good. Well, I'm going to take us to Canada, Montreal, which is in Canada, right? It is. Yeah, all right. We're going to meet another turkey. I know we had, what was the turkey last time we met on, on here? Gerald. Well, this turkey is a little more peaceful. His name is Butters, and he is in Montreal now. Apparently in, like, a very citified portion of Montreal the people are loving him. They're saying he is, this guy says he's huge. He's absolutely huge. Must have been three feet tall. <laughs> he was clucking all the way down the street from front lawn to front lawn. Mm-hmm. So another pedestrian got within three feet of the turkey and it didn't attack. So this one is a very non-threatening bird, unlike Gerald. It is fall. That's that's what I was just thinking. I bet these people are going to get a rude awakening come April. Yes, they will. <laughs> They're going to get the whoop put on them by butters. 
<laughs> Butters won't be so sweet. Come yeah, they're out there petting him and feeding him bread right now, you know, and, and Butters is going to just absolutely whoop the soup out of somebody in April. Yes. So, anyway, apparently he's obsessed with the Santa Claus, and he's been really pecking around with Santa Claus lately, but he is not into dogs. Hmm. So, Butters is into Santa Claus. I don't know. You know, maybe that has something to do with all the red. I'm not sure. And white, but he's not looking to get crossed up with a Labrador Retriever. That's what they're saying. Yeah. So, he's still got that prey instinct, but just like everybody else, he loves Santa. So, mm-hmm. Butters is in Montreal. I love reading about turkeys that make it into big cities like that. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, those residents, like, I would think if I lived in a city like that and there was a wild turkey, I would love that. Because you don't get to see wildlife that much when you're in that kind of place. Right. And, you know, there's some huge deer living in cities, too. And then there's turkeys like the one I got to gobble at me on Saturday in downtown Nashville, you know, so... <laughs> Yeah, but this guy he's hanging out. They're uh, asking residents if you are in Montreal to stop reporting the sighting of the turkey. They're mm. saying please don't report the turkey anymore. Just don't get near it. But we don't want to hear about it. You know what? For the next two weeks, you and I should call every day <laughs> and report a turkey sighting in Montreal. Hey, hey there's a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to talk like they do in Canada. So you have to say, hey, there's a turkey, eh? Right here in Montreal, you hoser. Yeah, they're, they're just saying not to do it. And they also want you to quit feeding it because apparently, like they're saying in here in Tom's River, New Jersey, there's turkeys that have figured out to go peck on people's doors and then they'll get snacks. Hmm. So when I go hunt New Jersey, I'm just going to go stay in an Airbnb and wait for a pecking sound at the door and then... They're going to get a rude awakening when I come busting out of there. Would you consider a load of number nine TSS a snack? (laughs) If a turkey comes pecking on my door, he's going to find out. (laughs) I would. I would consider that a snack. Yeah? Yeah. Feeding it to him at rapid pace for sure. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, like drinking out of a fire hose. Yeah, that's, that's right. So anyway, if you're living in Montreal, quit reporting the turkey and don't think he's all peaceful when April comes around. Yeah, don't feed the bird. So West Virginia's out with their fall harvest data. Mm, yeah. Down? You want to guess up or down this down. year? Okay. Down. Okay. So turkey hunters harvested 1,038 birds. I actually don't like saying that. I like to say, because I feel like it's a little more truthful, turkey hunters reported 1,038 birds harvested during the fall season. That probably is pretty accurate. And half of that should be deer hunters got bored and shot 560 of these turkeys. Probably about right. So (laughs) this year's fall harvest was 6.7% below the 2019 season and 13.4% below the 10-year average. So what does that tell you, Cameron? Not much in the way of turkey populations. It's more of the fall hunting is dying. Yes, indeed. It is absolutely just dying. So it's, you know, what's going to suck is if it keeps dying off, we're probably going to have more states banning fall hunting and things like that because it's not producing any revenue yeah but 
hopefully they keep it open. You know, I definitely don't think taking 1,000 birds in West Virginia and the whole state's going to negatively impact the population. So I don't know why they would do away with it. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with you with that statement, but you know, they probably will at some point. So what I thought was pretty interesting with this is that in the article, they said that they gave the top five counties in the state for harvesting birds. So the number one county, there were 64 turkeys harvested in it. The number five county for harvest rate, there were 42 birds killed in it. Every, what's that? In the whole county. In the whole county. So Every county in the top five, except for number five, had a four-week season. So the top four counties in the state had a four-week season. The number five county in the state had a two-week season. Hmm. There were some turkeys slayed in two weeks' time in that county. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, so they were doing pretty good on their two weeks. Is it an either-sex state? Do you know? I am pretty sure that it is. Yeah, most are. They're, you know. I think Florida's gobbler only, Tennessee's gobbler only, and then I think most all the rest are either sex. Yeah. So, well, it's, you know, glad, hope hope everybody had a successful West Virginia fall that did hunt out there. Mm-hmm. And I think and hope fall seasons stick around for a long time because I'm just getting cranked up on it. I'm really enjoying it. And I yeah. think it probably is a lot less detrimental to our turkey populations than killing 40,000 males in the spring. Yeah. <laughs> You're right about that. <laughs> it kind of blows my mind when people are so negative on fall. And I'm like, I mean, you know, people killed a thousand birds out of their mating season and we're shooting 40,000 in the spring and nobody cares. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, I think it's not the fall hunters who are killing our populations. That is too true. Yeah. So hope everybody had fun in West Virginia for fall. I know a couple people who are probably fall hunting up there. And they're having a problem with avian pox, from what my sources are telling me up there. Hmm. That's probably the last thing any state needs right now with the COVID numbers of turkeys being killed is an avian pox to break out. Yeah. So I know I had a buddy up there send me a picture of a bird with avian pox for a big old gobbler, actually right next to an area that I hunted in West Virginia. You know, who knows? I may actually heard that turkey gobble. And he was just laying down in a field, couldn't see, couldn't do anything, just soaking wet because he i guess been laying out there in the rain lesions all over his head and the farmer just put him down yeah Uh, it's you know nature can be cruel sometimes and hopefully that pox doesn't get all over the place but i know talked to wild turkey doc pretty frequently and he he said they're getting quite a few cases sent to him this year Hmm. which is interesting so could be covid pox yeah you know so that's about right for 2020 Get a nice avian pox breakout in the wild turkey population. Yeah, sounds about and right. Speaking of wild turkey populations, my next article is pretty dim for you hunters up in Delaware or anybody planning to hunt Delaware this spring. Hmm. They are saying already, as of November 25th, that the cold spring is going to mean a very small turkey harvest in 2021. So they first start out with going over the history of turkeys in Delaware. And they're saying in 2020, wild turkey numbers are poor or fair in most parts of the state due to the very late spring. The guy is a biologist with a doctorate on the subject, so I'm guessing he knows what he's talking about. And he says they had freeze warnings as late as Mother's Day in May, which is right in the smack middle of their nesting season. And so it's going to translate to poor young turkey production because it was wet and cold when they were hatched. And so they're expecting the 
harvest to be way down in Delaware this coming spring. Interesting, because they must kill a lot of jakes. Why do you say that? Well, if, the, if they had a poor recruitment year last year, then those would all be one-year-old birds mm-hmm. in 2021. That's a good point. Unless, yeah, yeah, unless, you know, I think a cold winter would do worse on the adults, maybe. They are. They do say in 2019 they had an early warm spring and a great hatch. So there might be a bunch of two-year-olds and no jakes. Mm-hmm. So you have a good point there. They may not be kind of thinking that route. It it may be that not this year, but next year is really bad in Delaware. Well, I'm going to recommend no one go to Delaware this year, just to yeah. be safe. I wonder why you would say such a thing. And I'll report back and let you know what I find. I'm just going to go up there just strictly for research. Yeah. You better take your gun, though, for self-defense in case something happens. Their population of coyotes there is getting quite out of hand. So I will. I will do that. Good, good. I would hate for you to get attacked by a wild bird. Well, I hate to tell you this, but I've got some more terrible news to share. Man, we're just, this show is really going to be uplifting for everybody. I think I'm just going to read you the entire article. The headline reads, Beloved Texas Town Turkey Found Dead with Rung Neck. (laughs) I know. uh, I know. You're crying. Let's let's just try to hold it together, Cameron, okay? Let's see if we can get through this show. Who would have wrung his neck? The article reads... And this is in the New York Post, by the way, guys. I've got to give credit where credit's due here. No yeah. way. That's like a pretty big publication. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The article's written by Melanie Gray, so we have to give credit where credit is due. The article reads, Tom is dead, and Texas police <laughs> have nabbed a suspect in the turkey side. The fowl, called Tom by some, George by others, but beloved for years by the town of Argyle, despite tying up traffic and hassling humans, died Wednesday after someone wrung his neck, the Dallas Morning News reported. He just walked around. It felt like he owned the place, directing traffic and stopping traffic. Corey Elam of Argyle Auto Care told the Denton Record Chronicle, the people of Argyle always put up with him because he was the unofficial mayor of Argyle. It was kind of fun, and all of us, you know, Grin and Barrett. Official word of the gobblers. <laughs> I almost made it through it without breaking down crying. <laughs> Official word of the gobblers' demise came from the Argyle Police Department, which sniffed out a suspect through video and interviews before turning the case over to the Texas wildlife officials. Only a day later, game wardens charged Cole Lemon, 27, with two misdemeanors, hunting Cole without a license and possessing a game animal taken from a public road. If Lemon is convicted, he faces a fine of up to $500 for each crime and restitution. Cops have heard from residents that they've been... (laughs) Cops have heard from residents that they're keen to cry foul again, but they'll be breaking the law if they bring in another bird without the state's okay. (laughs) So for now, the locals are simply mourning their beloved bird on Facebook's The Tom George argyle turkey page today was the first day i knew i wouldn't see you and drive through argyle was so (laughs) sad and the drive through argyle was so sad 
I never knew I could love a turkey so much, wrote one woman. Oh, my goodness. And a guy suggested a variation on a memorial service. There should be a whiskey festival in your honor, and Wild Turkey Whiskey can sponsor it. Oh, my gosh. Rip, Tom George. Rip. Tom George. My gosh. I bet that guy is one unpopular fellow in the town right now. So, apparently... You know, they, they did catch him. Apparently, the dude that killed the turkey said he planned on eating him. Well, that's good, I guess. The guy was experiencing homelessness. Oh. And so... Okay, that, well, I mean, my gosh. if he, I don't even know why they would find him, to be completely honest. The dude's homeless trying to get a meal. like. <laughs> well, they did not arrest him, and apparently they could have. And so this is actually information I'm getting from a different article. I read you the complete article in the New York Post. Uh, so in the Denton Record Chronicle, that's where they mentioned that this gentleman is homeless and that he was looking for something to eat. Well, in my opinion, good for him. Like, If he was really going to eat it, then that's what turkeys are here for. So <laughs> yeah. And that in that case, that's really why the turkeys are here. <laughs> yeah. Provide nutrients for humans who need it. <laughs> it is, unless you're a game warden in Texas who confiscated the meat. That's just, I mean, I know laws are laws, but my gosh. Hopefully they fed the guy a couple meals at least. I hope they did too. And, you know, that's something I'm sure is not in the article if they did or didn't do that, but... Yeah, I would think if there were any kind of decent human being, they would have fed the guy a meal if he's out. Literally, A, he killed a turkey with his bare hands. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, And B, he's hungry enough to have to go kill a turkey off the street to survive. Yeah. Feed the guy a couple meals. Yeah. I'm with him. I'm glad it was a, it was a worthy cause for Tom George to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the town of Argyle did set up a memorial for Tom George in front of the Argyle Auto Care, which he was known to frequent. Ah. <laughs> I tell so. you what, Tom George may have gotten killed in your story, but I'm going to take it a twist in my article the complete other way. This one is called When Turkeys Attack, How One Ornery Gobbler Changed PD History Forever. Mm. So PD is in South Carolina, P.D. There's a river there called the P.D. River. So this guy, Samuel Spencer, is claimed to be one of the most brilliant men during the American Revolution. So this is a historical count of Samuel Spencer's life. Mm -hmm. So it goes through his life. He's born in Connecticut, moved down there, went to higher education. He was in the militia. He became big like patriot and took a seat on North Carolina's high court. I guess, is PD in North Carolina? I'm not real sure. PD, I do know there's a PD River in South Carolina because that's where we turkey hunt. There's a PD North Carolina and South Carolina. Ah. That's not confusing enough. Okay. PD River runs through both. (laughs) Not surprising. So, all right, this guy's in PD North Carolina, to correct earlier. Okay. Anyway, he became a judge and was living in this town, and then in the spring of 1794, Judge Spencer was taking a break from all his responsibilities when disaster struck. Dum, dum, dum. He took a seat on the veranda near the P.D. River. He was 
at home overlooking his 5,000-acre estate. He began to nod off, and he was wearing a red cap. Judge Spencer dozed off that afternoon with his head bobbing up and down as he nodded off. A wild turkey saw the red cap moving. Obviously must have been in the spring and thought it was another turkey shaking his waddles and itching for a fight. Turkey attacked the judge, knocked him from his chair, and scratched him with his spurs. Judge Spencer developed sepsis from his cuts and died within a few days. Man. He is the only person, to anyone's knowledge, to have ever been killed by a wild turkey. Hmm. We go from a homeless guy wringing a turkey's neck to a judge getting spurred to death in North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> People don't realize what a dangerous game we're playing. <laughs> That's very true. They, they think we need to be worried about other hunters getting us. Sounds like to me the turkeys might be what we need to look out for. Well, and I hope this does not ever change. But I have been attacked by one wild turkey while turkey hunting and no humans while turkey hunting. Were you attacked on purpose with a fan in front of your face? No, no. I just, you know, happened to have shot this turkey and reached down there and grabbed him by the head. And <laughs> Well, he, he was kicking me. or something? He was kicking because you broke his neck? I can't believe that. Well, you know, they're dangerous. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I... Every turkey I've ever shot's been out of self-defense. They've been coming at me with those fangs. I mean, they're just dangerous creatures. You got to get mm -hmm. them before they get you. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. I didn't realize that's anybody had ever been killed by a wild turkey. That's that's pretty unbelievable, honestly. Yeah, pretty interesting. Well, I've got some more fall turkey season harvest news for you. All right. Ohio, twenty twenty fall turkey season harvest statistics are in. Would you like to guess, are they up or down? Down. Fall turkey harvests are going to go down every year. <laughs> so the 2020 total reported harvest of wild turkeys was 1,063 birds. And that is down from the three-year average harvest of 1,078 per season. So down minimally but it is down yeah so, so i mean it sounds like you got about the same amount of people probably going out and getting their one bird in the fall <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah you know just my guess but pretty much so that was you know nothing earth shattering there but it it just goes to prove that that's the direction that fall turkey hunting is going and really i think so much of the reason for that is due to deer hunting Deer hunting and people just grew up spring turkey hunting. No one has really been taught to fall turkey hunt. Mm, could very well be. But yeah, I think the rise of deer hunting and duck hunting, there's so many other things to hunt in the fall of the year compared to the spring. It is a turkey and it's turkey hunting, you know? Right. Fall, you can hunt all kind of animals. If you're out mm -hmm. west, pheasants, quail, deer, you got everything. So yep. it kind of spreads everybody out, but also I just think, you know, I haven't ever had anybody teach me how to fall turkey hunt. I mean, nobody, nobody does it anymore because <laughs> yep. it, it's just different and people don't get into it as much, but I kind of hope it stays that way. As long as, as long as I'll keep the seasons open, I'll go out there and shoot gobblers in the fall and enjoy my time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you have one last article for us? Uh, that was all of mine. I only had four. Right. 
fantastic yeah that's all i've got well good well i think that was a solid turkey soup we had some historical you know counts and some funny things in there for sure yes it's good discussion i do have one article here that's pretty interesting but it's just brief this kid in mississippi Uh, shot a four-bearded white gobbler this past season how cool so I almost wonder if this is the same bird that our buddy Tanner Burns was talking about that he's mounting. Hmm. Cause, but that one only had two beards, right? Yeah, he did say it was double bearded. Oh, so his turkey's not even that cool anymore. This one has four beards. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This is just a common turkey now. Oh, yeah. I mean, a, a throwback. Bird. If he were bass fishing, he would throw that one back. Yeah, so that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. He was a 15-year-old. And got him a four-bearded white gobbler. That's pretty impressive. That is pretty cool. I I don't, I mean, if I called in a white tom, I I would kill it. But I think part of me would say, this is a dang farm bird. Yeah, that's true. It would have to be like, especially if you're hunting in kind of an urban area, like if you were deep in public land or something, then it'd be like, okay, this is legit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But if I was hunting, you know, like Farmer Ben's Field over here, and there's, you know, rural housing all around there that would probably cross my mind, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would sit there and think, okay, I'd have to get my wallet and check to see if I had 40 or 50 bucks cash to replace that turkey I just shot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What Have you ever killed a turkey that you would say is unique? Every single one of them that I kill is unique. Have you killed one that's more unique than the rest? If they're dumb enough to be killed by me, they are quite unique. <laughs> That's how I feel every time. (laughs) The the most unusual bird I've killed, nothing color-wise, but just a four-bearded bird in Wyoming. Hmm. So the Merriams of four beards? Correct. That's pretty cool. Were they really short three and one big one? Yes. Short, spindly three with one regular Merriam-sized beard. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Your red one is is pretty cool. Would you say that's your most unique? Yeah, the one with the tiny feet. Yeah. He was like 12 pounds, looked like a barnyard chicken, and literally his feet and everything are half the size of a normal gobbler. I mean, like, if he was walking through a muddy field and you saw his tracks, you'd be like, okay, there's a hen in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I would have yeah. never known that was a gobbler, but... Yeah. He was a fierce little dude and was the the king of the castle on that farm. That's interesting. Yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, then, you know what? I think I'll throw a favor of the week out there, and let's wrap this thing up. Wrap it up, man. All right. So before I give the favor of the week, I'm going to make an announcement. It is middle of December, and Cameron and I have chosen... Our listener okay. spotlight interview winner. And I'm super excited about the interview. I am too. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. And for you guys, I'm not going to say who it is yet, but the winner knows who it is. But for you guys listening, if you are interested at all in any sort of collecting of calls and books, and you want to hear from someone who's just interesting and just so eaten up with turkey hunting like we are then you're going to want to hear this interview we haven't recorded it yet but i'm stoked for it i'm really excited i already know how good it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be good so 
The favor of the week is actually related to that. If you would like to nominate a listener to be interviewed on the show for the first quarter of 2021, then you can do that by getting in touch with Cameron on his social media or by emailing me, andy at imturkeyhunting.com, and Cameron's going to tell you how you can find him on social media. You could find me by going on Instagram and going to the gobfather49, G-O-B-F-A-T-H-E-R-49. You will message me there, and that's how you could nominate somebody. Or you could do it on Facebook on our the Turkey Hunter podcast page. You can nominate somebody by sending us a message through there. We'd love to hear from you. And we know we have plenty of interesting listeners out there because you're turkey hunters, and we're all very interesting people usually. <laughs> that is true. Very yeah. unique bunch we are. So if you think you have a story to tell or something, nominate yourself. I don't care. Just we want to hear from some of you guys. Absolutely. And if you nominate yourself this quarter and you're not picked this quarter, you never know. You might be picked next quarter. So yeah. nominate yourself, nominate your best hunting buddy, nominate your kids or kid, nominate your spouse, whoever it is that you think has a great story to share, whether it's even if it's just a hunt or maybe they do a lot of volunteer work for hunting organizations or maybe they have killed four super slams whatever it is we want to know why you think they should be in our spotlight interview and we will definitely consider them so that's the favor of the week this week and our facebook page is i am turkey hunting that's the facebook page very good thank you so with that being said we're going to wrap this thing up and we will see you guys next week. So thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.